Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we reflect more deeply on the Sabbath School Quarterly for March 7 to 13, titled From Battle to Victory. Let's take a look now at the spiritual battle Daniel faces in chapter 10. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, from battle to victory, uh, Daniel 10, verse 19, our memory text says, O men greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong, yes, be strong. <laughs> Sounds like a word of encouragement to us here, right? Like we all could use a, a word of encouragement like that now and then, don't we? <laughs> so what, what do you think this meant for Daniel, and particularly in this chapter, in this context? Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, Daniel is right here at the conclusion. We're getting towards the end of this this book, but he's also quite elderly. So we're looking at a Daniel that must have been probably in his 90s. And so he's going through some uh, terrible challenges and conflict. Nobody likes conflict. Yeah, no, and, no one does. And so here's Daniel in the midst of conflict, and yet he's receiving some words of encouragement. Yeah, you know, oh, oh man, greatly beloved. Wouldn't you love to hear that from an angel of the Lord? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> greatly loved, fear not, and not only that, but peace is going to be with you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. Yeah, I like that uh, as well. So we all reach points in our lives where we need some encouragement, and I think this is where Daniel's at. He's a prophet of God. He's been a leader, spiritual leader, as well as a political leader. Uh, but yet even Daniel uh, has points where he gets a little discouraged and, and needs some uh, this spiritual encouragement. You know, uh, let's go ahead now and talk a little bit about why would Daniel need encouragement in the first place? I mean, we've seen God with them throughout this entire time. And now all of a sudden, here he is in the midst of encouragement. Why? Well, uh, it kind of describes it for you here. Daniel chapter 10 is talking about a pretty significant conflict uh, that's taking place, uh, earthly battle scenes that are described here. And that's actually why this kind of the ending of Daniel is kind of a little bit complicated because there's described for us uh, some different um, characters uh, that are in the midst of waging war against God's people. And actually, the whole lesson is really kind of uh, describing some of these uh, different kinds of conflicts. You have the Chaldeans who are spreading lies about God's people. That's one of them that's mentioned uh, in Daniel uh, chapter 10. Uh, but also, as you move through the chapter, you see that it's not just describing those physical conflicts that God's people were facing, but also there are references to spiritual conflict, talking mm. about the devil and his angels. So uh, very quickly, you start to see that the events surrounding Daniel, as the events of all salvation history, that there is a spiritual battle underway. Yeah. You, you know, uh, Ezra 4, 1 through 5 talks about some of the challenges the Jews were going through. They want to rebuild, and they came to Zerubbabel, and uh, they are begging to be able to build. They want to go back home. We see that conflict that's mm -hmm. happening there. But as you mentioned, there's also the spiritual conflict. And so we find Daniel doing this crazy thing once again. He's fasting and praying. What and a he's guy. Like, yeah, he's seeking for <laughs> answers. He's asking God, right? Well, I guess we really shouldn't be that surprised because even when it could potentially cost him his life, he was not afraid to 
continue his daily prayer routine, uh, staying faithful to God, that that rhythm that he had as part of his everyday experience with God is spending time in God, communicating uh, with, with prayer. Yeah. You, you know, uh, one of my students brought this point out. He says, you know, when, when I look at Daniel here fasting, it wasn't like he was fasting just for pr- power. He was really distraught. And in those times, he's like, I need to eat my my spiritual food before I eat my, my physical. And mm. here he's just pouring his heart out, heart out to the Lord. Yeah, and I like how it points out in the lesson here that not only is Daniel praying uh, and, and even fasting, but he's also involved and engaged in a very specific kind of prayer. Yes. And what is that prayer, Buster? You know, I believe we call this intercessory prayer. The prayer that's not meant to just benefit ourselves, but praying intently for others, for their benefit. Uh, seeing, He wanted to see his people flourish and do well. He was tired of seeing them in captivity. So he was interceding on their behalf. Yeah. You know, I, I've had a number of times in my life where I've had to pray prayers of intercession on behalf of somebody else. Sometimes it's as simple as praying because you realize the the significance, the spiritual significance of what's going on in someone else's life. We say, you know, I, I can sense and I, that this person needs prayer. But one of the most remarkable experiences of intercessory prayer that I experienced was when I was pastoring at a church and one of my church members, who was a police officer, and we had so much fun. We'd go do police ride-alongs on a regular basis. Yeah. By the time I got done, I was a police chaplain. We just we had so <laughs> much fun together. But I remember connecting with him and it was in the middle of an, of the night on a on a long uh shift uh doing all different kinds of things and finally just opened up he said pastor i need you to pray i'd like to be able to be awake on sabbath morning would you pray specifically that god would open up another shift so that i wouldn't have to work during the hours of the sabbath and also so that i could be there to attend church and bring my family to church. And, wow. And so it's really significant. I yeah. remember praying that, and we actually did several more ride-alongs and continuing to pray, prayers of intercession. And you know what? Um, a short time later, the police chief had called him in and asked him to reassign him if he'd be willing to, to take a different shift. Uh, that was actually kind of a coveted shift, but would allow what we specifically prayed for to happen. And it was just a, come a direct, direct result of intercessory prayer. That's amazing how God works, and mm-hmm. he works in that way. And yes. it's important for us to remember, don't just pray for yourself, pray for others. I, I yeah. take this uh, personal notion when the Lord says in Mark twelve twenty eight, you know, love your neighbors as much as you love yourself, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But I, I pray for myself as much as I pray for others. So I try to make that time 50-50, and it does something for our hearts yeah. in order to intercede on someone else's behalf. Uh, uh, so, so Dr. Campbell, as I was looking a little bit more about this, there's this vision that Daniel had in Daniel chapter 10, verses 4 through 9. And uh, here is asking what happens to Daniel here, particularly in this passage, Daniel 10, 4 through 9. Well, I, I like this passage because, as you'll remember, as we've been going through this entire book, that that there's some specific imagery that is described for us in the book of Daniel, and that is the ministry of what's going on in the sanctuary. And you'll recall that 
in the ancient Israel, the various types and, and so on, that they had an earthly sanctuary. Eventually it became the temple. But all of these things were just depictions, according to Hebrews, of a heavenly sanctuary yes. that's going on. And so here, again, we find described for us a beautiful description of, of what's going on here. And I'll just read a, a, a brief excerpt here uh, where it says, uh, basically the verse 5 is where I'm going to start. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. And his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, and his eyes like flaming torches, and his arms and legs with gleams of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. Very significant oh, yes. there. But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. And so I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me, and my radiant appearances were fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. And so it goes on to describe the the vision as it goes on. But you see here described for us some very specific uh, characteristics, the prince of the host um, and elsewhere that are clearly depicting um, a heavenly high priest. Yeah. You know, this directly correlates with not only Joshua 5, 13 to 15, but also Revelation uh, 1, verses 12 through 18. And just starting there at verse 13, in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, girded uh, about the chest with a golden brand. We saw that earlier. His head and hair were like white as wool, uh, white as wool or white as snow, and his eyes were like flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass or bronze as refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. We see this correlation here. Yeah. Verse uh, yeah, verse 21 as well talks about the same word that's used here as commander, as prince. It's talking about Jesus Christ himself. Yes, absolutely it is. And it's amazing that Daniel and John, both in vision, mm-hmm. saw this very similar depiction of, of Jesus. Yeah, I, I love it. What a beautiful description of Jesus at the heart of actually kind of what some people consider kind of a little complicated part of the book of Daniel, but yet right in the core and center of all of this understanding of Bible prophecy is it's an awareness and understanding of, of Jesus and the role of Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary. Yes. You know, it's, it's about him. It's about lifting him up. It's about praising him, but also we see him in the midst of not only these visions, but we see him in the midst of our lives. Mm. Uh, You know, speaking of which uh, we see now this transition where Daniel is now confronted, not with this, not with the prince, but he's confronted with an angel and it, and asks this question, what happens each time an angel touches Daniel? And (laughs) I was looking at this and I think the same thing would happen to me every single time, which is fear and trembling, right? And it's not afraid. It's awe, right? Yeah. The the splendor, I mean, it it had to have been phenomenal to actually have been there and to see an angel. And and you have to also remember and recall how throughout the book of Daniel, this is not Daniel's first time meeting an angel. No, no, it's not. But it must have been that awestruck that and so amazing to be in the presence of of just an angel, let alone uh, Michael, the archangel, Jesus Christ himself. Well, you, you think about the, the transition of events as Daniel's wrote them down mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. He's fasting and he's praying, and then he has this vision of Christ. And then in the midst of that vision, 
It says here in 1010, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he's awakened out of, the, out of this vision and he's actually touched. And so we, we see this taking place. And I like also the encouragement that comes along in verse 14. It says, and came to make you understand what is about to happen to your people in the latter days. So that's the mm. purpose of the vision. The vision wasn't to, to scare him or to put him in awe of some all kinds of different numbers and prophecies, but there is a purpose to Bible prophecy, and that is the angels trying to help him understand what what's going to happen to God's people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. And, and that's yes. actually significant, because some people say, well, Bible prophecy, whatever happened in Daniel happened a long time ago. It's not for us today. You know, all of that was fulfilled a long time ago. But Daniel, the book of Daniel here in Daniel chapter 10, verse 14, says it is for yet days yet to come. Uh, it's talking about in the future so that we know that there is a grand plan in the overall history of the world. Yes, yes, indeed. And, you know, I, I appreciate the lesson that brings out that point, as well as mm-hmm. the three times here in Daniel 10 that the angel touched uh, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time was fear and awe, right? But then there's once again more feelings of awe, uh, and there he says his breath left him for a second, but then the third time, it was to actually give him strength, to yeah. comfort him. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's what the presence of God does, that's what God sends his angels to do for us. He does. Yeah. yeah. There's one other interesting thing about this passage, is that this is often the passage that's frequently referred to when thinking in Adventist history, we believe that God led through the prophetic ministry of Ellen White who had dreams and visions yes. from God, and that a number of instances where contemporaries document that she did not breathe while in vision and had uh, basically supernatural strength. We often think of the uh, the vision where she held a Bible oh, yeah, up. Bible, we know, yes. if, even if it wasn't the exact Bible that the white estate and the her descendants attribute that she at least on a, a 10 different occasions held up a Bible and vision just to be able to hold that up for a significant amount of time. That's some kind of supernatural strength. And so we have for us described in Daniel how, what a vision, some of these characteristics, that's obviously something supernatural that's taking place as Daniel meets this prophetic messenger who has a message for him. And so this is, some people ask, well, how do you know that's biblical, that a, a person who has an actual <laughs> vision from God? Well, this, this is the evidence that we're not, it's not superimposing that on somebody. This is the biblical evidence of a prophet of God and what a vision um, actually looks like. Yeah, you, you know, and, and we're talking about the supernatural things that happen in the book of Daniel. There's something else that takes place and. I don't want anyone to be afraid after this, but Daniel chapter 10, verses 20 and 21, talks a little bit more about something that's happening that's supernatural. It says here, uh, verse 20, then he said, do you know why I've come to you? And now I must return to fight the prince of Persia. And why I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I tell you what is noted in scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. And so it it asks here, what is revealed to Daniel here? Well, kind of where we started out with this lesson, right? Yeah. A great controversy, a conflict. Of course, we know from Ezekiel chapter 28, as well as Daniel chapter 10. Daniel 10 is talking about um, Cyrus being the king of Persia. Yeah. And then also Ezekiel 28 talks about a parallel situation with uh, the king of Tyre. In both cases, it's it's depicting an earthly power, uh, but who rises up against 
God's people, really, uh, there's some kind of struggle taking place. But very clearly, it's also describing a spiritual struggle going on. And I love that because really what's happening here is this great controversy, this cosmic conflict motif mm-hmm. that is found here in Daniel chapter 10. Yeah. And, and so we see a dual meaning here, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is earthly powers. Yeah. But I think of it specifically Ephesians chapter 6. It tells us we don't wrestle just against flesh and blood, right? Yeah, that's there's right. dark par- powers. There's principalities. And we see this happening as well. And so Daniel ten thirteen actually talks a little bit more about this. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Right? And so we see, and no one knows exactly what this looks like, but Mm -hmm. I will tell you this. There are spiritual forces at war with each other, but praise the Lord, the good side wins, and the good side is on our side, right? Indeed, it's true. And if we're really... If only our eyes could be open to discern the spiritual forces at work all around us, you know. No, here... thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel, he has his eyes open for just a brief moment. Yeah, he and does. And we would probably see lots of both good and evil angels in our in our midst in the around us all the time. We just can't see them and, and don't realize they're there. But but Daniel says and reminds us they're there. You know, uh, I've heard one of the greatest deceptions is. Uh, it's not only the enemy trying to get us to believe that God's not real, but the greatest deception is for us to believe that he's not real as well. You know, in, the, in he's behind the shadows lurking, but he is also real, mm-hmm. which also shows and shows us that God is real. Yeah. And so, therefore, we have to choose God's side in order to be on the winning side. Absolutely. Well, that takes us right to Thursday's lesson, doesn't it? Yes, it does. A victorious prince, the bringing up who is going to be the victor in the end. Yeah, uh, I was I was looking at this, and you know it's so so amazing that no matter what, all the way starting at Genesis, mm-hmm. all the way till now, the promise of the Messiah winning has always been the theme of the word, mm-hmm. and we win because He wins, right? That's it. All the way to Genesis three fifteen, yes, and sir. Sixteen, where it talks about the serpent and. Uh, whose head would be crushed. And uh, this is a promise of Scripture that in the end, Jesus wins. You know, uh, it brings up this lesson. It says, how has Jesus accomplished victory in the cosmic conflict? In Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. You know, it's amazing once again to see that he's the one that disarms these principalities and these powers. He can do it at will. Yeah, God's God's more powerful than Satan. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, uh, one thing here, though, too, which is he will never force us to call upon him. Uh, it's true. Notice it was Daniel who decided to pray and fast and mm-hmm. ask God mm-hmm. for help. Uh, and same thing with us. I don't want us to walk out there like, oh, we're just covered because we're Adventist or we're covered mm-hmm. because, well, I, I read a little bit of the word. No, we need to ask for God's help. We need to plead for it. Yeah. You know, I was just reminded that one of our theology students went up with a team from Southwestern up to Amarillo and put on a worship service. Yes, and sir. One of our you theology, were part of that. I was a part of that. And one of our theology majors, our seniors, preached a sermon from Ephesians about that spiritual armor. And he shared his own experience, how he tried to trust in his own experience. And it didn't go so well. But then uh, realizing that he needed to personally trust and take that spiritual armor seriously. And he preached that. And when he preached it because of... 
the recent experience that had happened, it just felt so real. And I just realized, you know, he had internalized it uh, through his own experience and not trusting in himself, but really trusting in that divine armor. Amen. You know, he he's in my homiletics class. So uh, those are some kudo points to him, but I told share with him. Those are lessons that we all need to learn, right? We do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we learn them from each other and we don't have to, we don't have to have these, uh, knots on our heads from running into walls, but nonetheless, as long as we learn, it doesn't matter when we learn, as long as we learn it, trust in God, no matter what. God's there to take us. He doesn't want us to be ashamed. He doesn't want us to fall, but he doesn't ever force us either. And so what a loving and gracious God that we have takes us where we are. If we'll only trust him, he wants to, uh, he wants each of us to be on the victorious side. Absolutely. You know, if, if there's anything I can say is just like Daniel didn't fully understand this vision, maybe there's something in your life that you don't fully understand you want answers to, you know, instead of turning to the next person that's next to you, maybe they can pray with you, but seek God and his counsel and his wisdom, mm-hmm. and he will reveal the answers to you. And coming back to the beginning of our lesson is also think, I, I hope you'll think carefully I, and I, this includes myself, of spiritual situations around you where through intercessory prayer, God may sensitize your heart to pray for someone else uh, on behalf of somebody else that will make a difference for God's kingdom. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, you know, I think that's swoops and soups signing, signing out. <laughs> As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.